0: Hey there, welcome back. Okay, so I just want to apologize for how sporadic I've been on when I upload the podcast. I've been busy, (laughs) y'all. I've been busy out in the garden, which let me tell you why I think that's a good thing. Because uh, you are listening to someone who is doing edible landscaping, actually doing it out in the garden. And I've been getting... Uh, emails and private messages from people who are saying it's like you read my mind, (laughs) you know, and some of the comments on the YouTube videos, it's like you read my mind. This is exactly what I needed right now. Well, if you're in the same zone as me, then that's exactly why because I'm, I will talk about stuff as I'm noticing it. So I used to do the thing where I would write out, okay, well, I'll talk about this on this in this month, I'll talk about this in this month. But right now, we're just in full on action mode, I'm I'm trying to keep up with the harvest I'm trying to keep up with the ways to prepare the harvest and that's what one of the things we're going to talk about today and I think we're going to be talking about that for a while as instead of how to grow stuff and then I think we're going to be getting into I think <laughs> we're going to be getting into more about um, what I'm planning as I'm planning it. Like I know that I need to be doing some stuff or planting some stuff now in July, but I'm like, you know, it's kind of like you got a bird in the hand. Why would you look for a bird in the bush? You got a bird in the hand, right? (laughs) So, you know, people used to say that to me and I thought, I don't really get that. I don't really know what it means. And then as I got older, I understood it's the harvest right now is one of the most important things to me. And I know I also need to be planning. So I need to be proactive, proactive. That's always the way that I've believed. I'm in reactionary mode right now because I just have so much that I need to harvest. So today, what I was out there harvesting was tomatoes, and I see a lot of other stuff stuff that I could harvest, but I've been, um, instead of like harvesting a whole bunch of stuff at one time as I walk out there, it's kind of like, oh, there's something, and oh, there's something, and oh, I need to get that, and oh, I need to get that. I have started doing this thing where, you know, everything gets real heavy and you just, it's kind of like there's just so much, it gets overwhelming. So I've started doing this thing where it's like, okay, I see there's a lot of corn that needs to be harvested in Hoogle 2. I see that there's a lot of beans that need to be harvested in Hoogle 2. And then I see that that's the name of one of my garden beds. I name all my garden beds, by the way. (laughs) And then I see, oh, there's a bunch of tomatoes. Well, I, today I harvested tomatoes. So that's what we're going to talk about. By the way, if you're new here, welcome to the Ediful Gardens podcast. I'm your host, Nanette Blair, and I'm so glad you joined us because I'm on a mission. My mission is to make good food accessible to everyone. And in my opinion, the best definition of good food is nutritious, delicious, and safe. And it doesn't get any better than picking fresh fruit, herbs, veggies straight off the plant where you know what went into it from start to finish. I know that those tomatoes that I harvested today don't have anything sprayed on them. So when I say that, I really, really mean it, and you won't find any tomato cages here. As a matter of fact, there's a lot you won't find here, including the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and all the other sides. But what you will find here are landscapes that are designed for beauty, reflection, fun, entertaining, and the list goes on to whatever you want. Because it's your home, your yard, and your taste. And beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, you know that garden you've been thinking about? Well, I know you're ready. I know I'm ready. So let's dig in. So, uh, yeah, I was thinking about that today. Beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder as I was out there picking my tomatoes. And I'm really happy with what I did. Just kind of a side note, just kind of a sidebar thing here. But uh, I am growing my tomatoes all along my front fence line. And I'm really happy with it. I was kind of stressed out about not having enough vertical, uh, yeah, vertical space. That's one that goes up and down, right? <laughs> um, and I noticed, and I know we've talked about this before, I noticed even the 12 foot high super duper tomato trellis that I have, because I don't like tomato cages, it still wasn't big enough. So I'm growing everything sideways and it's working out really well. So let's talk about the types of tomatoes. Two types of tomatoes that I'm growing along the fence line, and then I have uh, some of those Brad's Atomic Grape Tomatoes that I'm growing sideways along a grape trellis. And so uh, we're just going to talk about the San Marzano tomatoes. So I have Golden Jubilee kind of on one side, and then I have San Marzano tomatoes. So I grew San Marzano tomatoes, oh, several years ago, and I thought I was doing something wrong. It was my first time to ever grow them, and I had just heard about them. And if you don't know what they are, they're kind of like a Roma tomato. And if you buy these San Marzano tomatoes in a can, they're really expensive. So the San Marzano tomatoes, it's kind of like a terroir thing. But the San Marzano tomatoes are an indeterminate tomato, so that means they grow to an indeterminable size. They don't really know how much they're going to grow, but they're certainly not a little tight compact little bush they're more like a vine but man they are just producing like crazy so I was kind of having tomato envy Uh, a lot of my friends on Facebook are posting pictures of all their tomatoes and they have all these different kinds of tomatoes And uh, mine took a little bit longer, and I think it was because I put them in the ground a little bit late. There was a lot of distractions with everything that's been going on this year with the whole coronavirus and the, you know, the civic the civil meltdown that everybody's like, you know, we're living in a in a movie set right now. But I'm not going there. Um, I did get a little bit of a a late start on them, but. They're just producing like crazy. And so, but I'm not getting like a whole lot at one time. So, if I, when, okay, so this is, I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced this, but I experience this every single year. I do everything in an edible landscape. I don't have rows and rows and rows. I don't have to spray any kind of pesticides. There's nothing. Nothing, knock on wood, I'm knocking on my desk here. There's nothing that is bothering my tomatoes. I have not seen one aphid this year. I haven't had any pest problems except for some grasshoppers, but not on my tomatoes. They're like in another part. They were like eating up my broccoli. So, and I'm letting my broccoli go to flower. So that's a whole other story. I'm not really worried about the grasshoppers eating the leaves of the broccoli plant because I'm letting them grow, go to flower. But uh, tomatoes, not having any problems, and they're just these big, beautiful tomatoes. They're about the size of my hand, but they're long and skinny like a Roman tomato would be. So when you cut in this tomato, if you're not familiar with Roma tomatoes, or San, excuse me, San Marzano tomatoes. They're grown in a region of Italy. Uh, I want to say where they had all the volcanic activity, like in Pompeii or whatever. And there's something that's that terroir thing, right? It's it has to do with the um, the makeup of that soil and the climate and everything else. Well. It's kind of the same thing with the hatch peppers, the hatch chili peppers. The hatch chili peppers, I did a show on this last year sometime, but they're hatch chili peppers because they're grown in the Hatch River Valley of New Mexico. That's what makes them a hatch chili pepper. Otherwise, they're known as an Anaheim pepper. That's what they are. And there's lots of different varieties that people try. But the San Marzano tomato is basically an heirloom tomato. I don't think anybody's put any kind of trademark on it, which I think is wrong, you know, I'm glad. So in my mind, it's an heirloom tomato. It's an open pollinated heirloom tomato. So why am I talking specifically about San Marzano tomatoes today? Um, They are a paste tomato. That's what they call like a meat tomato or a paste tomato. They're a really good tomato for canning. They have a lot of meat in them, but they don't have, when you cut into one of these, they hardly have any juice. It's not like a big slicing tomato where you're, it's going to be all juicy and just yummy and wonderful and all that. It's not like that. The meat of the tomato is really, really good. It's really tasty, but it's really for canning. I would say it's really for canning. There's probably a lot of other things that you can do with it. But I want to talk specifically, you know, I'm the herb lady, right? I'm kind of crazy about herbs. And uh, I've also been harvesting a ton of oregano, a ton of rosemary, a ton of everything. (laughs) Basil all kinds of stuff. I mean, I can't keep up with the herbs. So what I'm doing is I'm, you should see my office (laughs) and my, my uh, hallway, uh, you know, right off the kitchen where the pantry is. I just have a ton of hanging oregano and mint and uh, there's sweet mint, there's peppermint, there's thyme, there's sage, there's just all the things, right? All the herbs. So my sister was here recently and she was asking me, she was making some meatballs for my dad and, or for father's day. And she asked, do you have any spaghetti sauce? And I said, no, I don't, I don't buy spaghetti sauce anymore. And, uh, she was like, oh crap. Well, I'm going <laughs> to, sorry, uh, I'm going to have, um, my, she was talking about my brother-in-law go to the store and get some tomato sauce. And I said, no, I mean, we use tomato sauce. I just make it myself. And so I was telling her, okay, this is what I do. So you get a can of tomato sauce, either some you canned yourself or some that you buy in the can. It's a staple in my pantry. And I promised we were going to talk about this, but tomato sauce is something that we use a lot. We make pizza, we make spaghetti, we make like baked ziti. We make um, a lot of things that use tomato sauce. So, and spaghetti sauce, but here's what I do. Let me find that recipe for you. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what it is. Okay, I pulled up my handy dandy little thing that I keep my my uh, spice blends in. Um, But It's a tablespoon of basil, a tablespoon of oregano, a tablespoon of rosemary, a tablespoon of thyme, and my secret ingredient, and I'm going to tell you what it is, and everybody else that does not listen to my my podcast, that's what they get for not listening to my podcast, but whenever I say a pinch of love, that's actually a pinch of red pepper flakes. I love red pepper flakes, which I have started making myself, and it's really super easy. So first of all, to make my own tomato sauce. These are the tomatoes that I'm growing specifically for making my own canned tomato sauce. So in my pantry, I don't, you know, one of the reasons that I don't buy spaghetti sauce is because of all the additives and all that. There's so many reasons. So all the additives that they put in it, that's just not necessary for it to sit on the shelf for long periods of time. It's not necessary in my kitchen. It is necessary for it to sit on the shelves in the grocery store to have all those preservatives in it, but it's not necessary for us to put it in our bodies because we just get take the tomato sauce off the in out of the pantry, just take one can and I'll just put like a teaspoon or or two teaspoons, however, you know, however strong I want it to be. I tried a tablespoon one time for one can. That's way too strong. But that's something that you just have to make that decision for yourself. It's just a matter of taste, right? So I just add those dried ingredients. Now I can do fresh if I want to. This is a convenience thing for me. Most of these herbs grow year round in my garden. There's some that don't. Is um, it called from parsley? No. So I don't have. Okay. So basil is something that I don't have in the winter because it only grows in the summertime. Oregano, I can go harvest just any time. Rosemary, I can go harvest just any time. Thyme, I can go harvest just any time. Okay. So, but and then I, you know, red pepper flakes is something that I guess I could cut, crush up a. Um, I, you know, I can just cut up some red pepper and put it in there. But for me, it's just easier. It's just a matter of convenience. I can just put a tablespoon or, um, excuse me, not a tablespoon. That's way too much for one can of tomatoes. For me, my personal opinion. But what I do is I do one can of tomatoes and I just kind of throw some in there. And then, um, and it's just ready and it's just really super convenient. So whether we're making pizza, whether we're making spaghetti, whether we're making baked ziti or something else that, you know, lasagna, something that takes spaghetti sauce, that is room that does not have to be allocated in my pantry. Okay, so let me say that in another way. My pantry, I like to have all of the staples that I can make a lot of other things with. So just the bare bones, right? Just tomato sauce. And then I can make that into many other things. So if I want to make, let's just say salsa, I can use canned tomatoes or tomato sauce. So you can either do, and here's the thing, you can do this too, if you want to. If you do canned tomatoes, the thing about tomatoes is really high, highly acidic. So you don't have to do pressure canning. You can just do what they call a hot water bath, which is just not under pressure, but you just process them. Basically, And we're going to get into why this is important in just a minute in the way that I harvest my tomatoes. Let me just go here first. So if you have a job and you're not able to be at home with your garden all day long and you see some stuff that's, you know, that's ready and you have, let's just say, buckets and buckets of tomatoes already at the same time. Well, it's really hard to process all that. You have to set some time aside. It takes time to, you know, basically, you're going to blanch the tomatoes, you're going to put them in boiling hot water for about 60 seconds or whatever. I'm just doing this from memory. Okay, go get yourself a ball canning book or some kind of a canning book. But this is just from my memory, I would have to look at the recipe if I'm doing this, I don't have this memorized. Okay, you put your tomatoes in boiling hot water for like 60 seconds, and then you put them in an ice bath. And when you put them in the ice bath, then that just makes the skins release. The skins just, you can just pull those skins right off, okay? Um, now, if I go, if if I harvest that many tomatoes at one time, I need to do that pretty quick because the longer they sit out on the cabinet, then they start to degrade. They start to uh, ripen up. They're not as fresh. You want to can them as as quickly as you can from the time that you picked it, okay. So just so that it has that freshness, okay. So now, here's a trick that I learned, and I wish I knew who I learned this from. I, I if I did know who it was, I would totally tell you who it was because it's been a lifesaver for me. So whenever I go and harvest my tomatoes, um, this is a paste tomato, right? It's not like a slicing tomato. And my husband said, can we just eat those? And I was like, well, yeah, sure you can. They're just not going to have, it's not like a slicing tomato. You can eat it. And he likes to just eat them, just, you know, cut one in half and put some salt and pepper on it and just eat it like that. But it's not like a brandy wine tomato. It's not like a, a slicing beef steak tomato. It's just, it's really for the purpose of canning, but you can eat them, it is a tomato, right? We're not like just munching on fresh tomatoes on these Roma tomatoes, we have other tomatoes for that. And so now in order for me to have enough to be able to can, whenever they start ripening, they're ripening. you know, like two at a time. I probably have, I don't know, 15 plants out and two will, har- I'll harvest, you know, like probably six a day. That's not really enough to do a whole batch of canning. So yeah, I could set some out. Uh, I could leave them setting out for, I don't know, 24 hours. It's probably really more like 48 hours before I get another six that are on the vine that are ripening. So it's not like I have a whole bunch at once. I guess that's my whole point. I don't have a whole bunch at once to be able to can all of these San Marzano tomatoes. What I've been doing is and this is what I wanted to say, I wanted to give the credit to the person who told me about it, is you just throw them in the freezer with the skin and all, all on, (laughs) just throw them in the freezer. So I've been putting, and they were saying, put them in like a Walmart sack or something. I've been putting them in a Ziploc bag just because I don't want them to fall out and me not be able to, because we have a deep chest freezer. I don't want them to fall out of that uh, Walmart sack. You know, if there's a hole in it, or even if you tie it at the top, you know, there's like a place where a tomato could fall out. So I just put them in a Ziploc bag. And every time I harvest some, I just, open that bag and I just put them in there and then whenever I'm ready and I have enough then or if it's convenient so either I have enough to do it all or let's just say I have bushes and <laughs> bushels and bushels and bushels of them I may not be able to do it like if my granddaughter's here I'm not going to can tomatoes while she's here, I'm just not going to, she's not that age, you know, she's, she's like, you know, play with me and let's go p- pick some tomatoes. But she's wondering why I'm not playing with her because I'm in the kitchen for, you know, really focusing on what I'm doing. So, um, so yeah. And I mean, if you have a job where you're going in nine to five, and you can't do it until the weekend, then you, I personally would not let those tomatoes sit out for a week, unless we were just going to eat them fresh. But if you're going to can them, You really want to be able to can them, put them up, preserve them, all the same thing uh, as quickly as possible. Now, another thing that you can do is you can dehydrate these tomatoes. Like I said, they don't have a lot of juice. They're mostly a meat tomato. You take the skin off and just like I said, and then you put them on a dehydrator. And then one of the things that you can do with it, I don't do this anymore. I have done this in the past, but you can make a tomato powder. So once you get them completely dehydrated and there's no moisture in there, that stuff is really potent. So you've taken the water out, but you have all the sugars in. So what you can do is you make a powder. And if you, you know, this is just another way to preserve it without it being perishable if it's really, really dry, has to be 1000% dry, you make it into a powder. And whenever it's time to make a paste or time to make a sauce, then you're going to be adding water to it. I personally don't like that. Now you can add tomato powder to some um, other types of, I don't know, like, um, like a dried spice thing, you know, like if you make your own barbecue rub, or you make your own um, Cajun seasoning, or you make your own, whatever, whatever kind of other, you know, there's Greek Cajun, <laughs> there's all these different kinds of seasoning that you could do. Uh, I personally like it a little bit more fresh than that, where it has some of the original juices in there. I don't like to take out the water of the tomato. Um, but that's just me, but you can do that. So if you don't have refrigeration and you don't want to can everything, you can also, if you're in dehydrating mode, you can just play around with it and see what happens. Um but yeah so so uh, doing a lot of the um harvesting of the tomatoes I thought I would just talk about just this one today San Marzano tomatoes and those are I am doing those specifically for the purpose of canning them and uh, I'm not really making them into like a italian spaghetti sauce I'm not because That takes up extra room in the pantry. And it's just so fast and easy to just open a can, pour it in your pot, and then put a couple of uh, pinches or scoops or however much you want to put in there. You just have to play around with it. I personally, I like it around two teaspoons. Uh, You just add two teaspoons of the recipe that I just gave you to make your own Italian seasoning. It's one tablespoon of basil, one tablespoon of oregano, one tablespoon of rosemary. 1 tablespoon of thyme and then a pinch of uh, red pepper flakes. And then you can also add more red pepper flakes if you want to. I just try to make it not too hot for my grandkids whenever they come over it's because they like spaghetti. <laughs> so anyway, so staples. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of dried herbs. Then you can take those separate herbs and mix them into together into something that you want to that you eat on a regular basis. But again, for me, it's a convenience thing. There are times where I like to use fresh herbs. And then there are times where I like to use the dried. And that is mostly, for me, it's Italian. So um, I have made taco uh, seasoning, uh, fajita seasoning, um, you know, just some different ones like that. But if you're Greek, you might want to think about, you know, like what's a good Greek Seasoning recipe, I can just make it myself. Um, I, I guess that Cajun is another one that we would use a lot. And you know, I kind of started doing this um, years ago before. Um, I think I was gardening, but I hadn't really thought about just doing away with all the crap. Sorry, um, I'm using crap a lot today, but <laughs> just doing a, you know, just cleaning out the closet and doing away with a lot of, you know, like this rice or that. Uh hamburger helper or this or that. And I, I kind of talked about this in episode one, right? This is one of the reasons why I started gardening is I was trying to do away with a lot of the preservatives that are in that stuff, but it just... It, it made the pantry so confusing because you had to pull everything out to find what you were looking for. Now I'm a little bit anal. <laughs> I'm a lot anal. <laughs> so if we go to the grocery store and we, we buy something like tomato sauce or green beans or whatever, I like to have everything in nice, neat rows because honestly, quite frankly, we were wasting money because we were buying stuff that we didn't know we already had. And this way, I just see, I can look and I can see, okay, this is how much tomato sauce I have. Uh, we're going to Costco or we're going to the grocery store. If you can even find it with everything that's going on these days. And I think I'm going to buy, you know, like eight cans of tomato sauce. <laughs> so, but we use a lot, you know, you've got meatloaf, you've got all kinds of stuff, but that is definitely one of the staples in my pantry and uh, when I harvest them, just kind of a recap here, when I harvest them, I just throw them in the freezer. I throw them in a Ziploc bag. I don't just throw them in the freezer. I throw them in the, uh, a Ziploc bag in the freezer, and, and they can just stay there until I'm ready to can, or I'm ready to do something fresh with them, like make a salsa or whatever. So yeah, and you just have to let them thaw out you just set you know whenever you decide you're going to do your canning for i don't know like if it's friday or thursday i would say probably thursday i would set them out if i knew that's what i was going to do on a saturday it takes like 24 a little more than 24 hours for them to thaw out enough and then also bonus the uh, the skins come off really easy after they've been frozen so yeah. Now a lot of the grape and tomatoes or the cherry tomatoes, those are the ones that we really eat fresh. Like I'll chop those up to put them in like a chunky salsa or something, but okay. I, I'm just going to give you a little bonus tip right here. Cause this, I learned this the hard way the other day. <laughs> so I was making some salsa and, um, to put in our refrigerator, not to can and put in the pantry. And I had yellow, uh, cherry tomatoes and I had, red cherry tomatoes and i had those uh, uh, brad's atomic grape which are kind of a purpley orangey color all these different colors and it was really beautiful and i thought well i really want it to be more than just chunky i want it to be blended a little bit more than that so i took out my blender and i use a stick immersion blender and i put it in the bowl to blend it all up well All of those colors made the tomato sauce uh, not a very appealing color. It was really kind of a brown color. So, just think about using all the crayons in the box and coloring the, coloring them all in the same space. And yeah, it was just it just kind of looked like mud. So I thought, okay, lesson learned. I will not do all these multicolored tomatoes in a tomato sauce that I want to be blended really well or a a salsa, but it would be really, really pretty if it was like a chunky salsa. It would just look so fresh, or like on a bruschetta, or something like that, but yeah, lesson learned there. (laughs) So, what I had to do was add a can of tomato sauce from the pantry, and just to make it a lot more red looking. I mean, I didn't want to eat it, because I knew that it was all fresh, beautiful, homegrown tomatoes with no, none of the sides on it, but it was just kind of brown, yucky looking. So yeah, I don't know if you've ever done that before, but yeah, lesson learned for me. (laughs) So keeping it real today. So that is the whole, my whole Marzano tomato story and I'm sticking to it, but you know, I'm, I'm really, really happy with them. I'm, they taste wonderful. My husband did eat, you know, he just cut it up and he ate it fresh and he was like, oh yeah, these taste really good. And I was like, okay, yeah. Good because they're going to taste really super good in a jar as tomato sauce as well. And like I said, we use a lot of tomato sauce. So, did I say we use a lot of tomato sauce? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Now, don't forget, you can go get that garden plan. Um, it's at edifelgardens.com forward slash 2020 garden plan. And again, that's at edifelgardens.com forward slash 2020 garden plan. Okay, this podcast is dedicated to you so that we can all put good food on the table. Until next time, bye for now.